When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Selecki, and this week we have Moto America's race control lead, Walter Walker, as our guest. Racing results from MotoGP, we have from uh, Misano Circuit in Italy, Francesco Bagnaia wins it, takes it ahead of Fabio Quartararo, who finished second, followed by N.A. Battistini. The big news for the weekend then is Fabio Quartararo continues to lead in points, sitting on 234, followed by Bagnaia sitting on 186, and Johan Mir in third with 167 points. Results from World Superbike in Catalonia, Barcelona, Spain. Scott Redding takes race one, the Australian rider on Ducati, followed by Bassani in third, Rinaldi. In race two, Rinaldi takes the win, followed by Toprak, Raz Gottlioglu in second, Third was taken by Scott Redding's points so far this year in World Superbike. Toprak, Raz Gottlioglu continues to lead sitting on 399, but it's a narrow lead. Sitting one point behind is Jonathan Ray, followed by Scott Redding on 339. In MXGP this past weekend, Jeffrey Hurlings takes the lead and wins the first moto, followed by Jorge Prado, followed by Romain Fabra taking third. Your point standings at MXGP, Jeffrey Hurlings is now your leader over Tim Geyser by one point. Hurlings sitting on 371, Geyser sitting on 370, followed by Romain Fabra in third with 367. In MX2 action, Tom Vial takes the win, followed by Maxime Renault. K. D. Wolf takes third on his Husqvarna. Your point standings so far this year, Maxime Renault continues to lead on 403 points followed by Mattia Godagnini in second with 332, and Iago Geertz in third, sitting on 325. Big news out of MXGP this weekend, Antonio Cairoli has announced his retirement. He's had a great career, and we're sorry to see him go, but what a great racer. Results this uh, last weekend uh, from a very wet and wild Moto America race at Barber Motorsports Park and Superbike Race 1 Camp Peterson takes the win, upsetting Jake Gagne's uh, win streak, and Matthew Skoltz takes second. Loris Baz takes third in race one. Race two, Matthew Skoltz takes the win, followed by Baz and Gagne in third. In race three, Gagne brings it back and wins, followed by Matthew Skoltz in third, Loris Baz. So your final standings on the year, Jake Gagne taking the title with 445 points over Matthew Skoltz with 357, and Cam Peterson taking home third with 264 points. 
in the Stock 1000 class. Jake Lewis wins it, followed by Michael Gilbert and Travis Wyman in third. So your final standings in Stock 1000, Jake Lewis sitting on 232, followed by Travis Wyman with 175, bringing up third. Corey Alexander with 173. In super sport action, Sean Dillon Kelly wins it in the first race, followed by Richie Escalante in second, Hannes Kawasaki followed in third by Stefano Meza. In race two, Gabrielle De Silva wins it, followed by Sean Dillon Kelly, and bringing up third, Sam Lokoff. Your final standings on the year, Sean Dillon Kelly takes the title with 410 points, followed by Richie Escalante with 315 in second. In third, Sam Lokoff with 233 points. And the exciting Build Train Race program, managed by Melissa Paris, had their final event at uh, Birmingham this last weekend. Uh, Taking first in the uh, Build Train Race program, C.J. Lukash wins it, followed by Kayla Theisler. In third, Trisha Dahl. So your final standings in the BTR series, C.J. Lukash takes the title with 75 points, followed by Trisha Dahl on 48. In third, Becky Goebel with 40 points. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, what motorcycle model is the longest running model manufactured? Name the model, brand, and the year it was introduced. The answer to that question after our interview with Walter Walker. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We'd like to welcome back to Pit Pass Moto, Walter Walker, who's the race control lead for Moto America. Walter, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just as a refresher for our listeners, what... uh, I know you wear a lot of hats, but uh, what exactly is race control lead for Moto America and Tail? My official title is deputy race director. I'm just the general do-everything guy for uh, the members of race direction. You know, I'm, I'm the, the chief communicator, so all all communications to the staff and to all the teams and everything goes through me. That way it's just one voice that people are taking their direction from instead of multiple people talking to the to, to the staff in the paddock and that sort of stuff. So I imagine on any given weekend, there's a lot of people saying, go ask Walter before they do anything. <laughs> uh, a lot, yeah. M- most of my stuff is, it's all over radios and uh, headsets and that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm talking on, I generally have like four different radios in front of me. And then I have a, a headset with a direct communication to the to the production truck for, for TV. So yeah, I mean, I have lots of questions, lots of answers, lots of let me get back to you with the answer, that, that sort of stuff. I imagine a pretty hectic weekend, but uh, but first and foremost, congrats on uh, you know the completed season for Moto America. You guys just had an outstanding year. You can't say enough about how well the series looked and felt as far as viewership goes, and really great job this year. You guys did a, did an awesome job. 
Well, we really do appreciate that. It's, it's, and it's a team effort. You know, I'm just, I'm just one of the, one of the cogs in a really big wheel from Chuck and Wayne and the partners with Crave all the way down to the, to, to the grid staff and, you know, you know, all the volunteers and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's, it's a huge team effort. And it shows, I, I think, uh, Everybody there is not only part of the Moto America race family, but they're enthusiasts too, which I think kind of shows in the product that goes out to the public and the you know the the race fans. Oh, I, I agree. We, you know, it's it's weird. We were having that that exact same that very conversation yesterday afternoon, and that with the members of Race Direction and 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 Nicole Cox, our our operations director, and all. It's that we all take so much pride in the product that we produce. And that's, that's why we're all there. It's, it's not a job. And I guess you could say it's a labor of love. I mean, we're, we're, like you said, we're all enthusiasts. We all, we wouldn't be there if we weren't. I mean, God knows we're not getting rich doing it. I mean, we're doing it because we enjoy the sport. We want to make the sport better. And, and uh, that, that's why everyone that's involved is involved. Yeah. And no doubt it is better. I, I think that's the general consensus to everybody I've talked to that's watching the races and following Moto America, either on, uh, you know, the, the streaming service or on Fox. And, uh, you, you can, you can really pick up the vibe is very positive. And I got to say after, you know, you guys had a pretty good season of weather all around for Moto America up until this last round in Alabama. I mean, what a challenge for you guys and the, and the team and, I mean, talk about that situation. How does how do you have to adapt? What changes for you guys? I mean, it, it was it's obviously the event still went off, but you know, is it much harder when you're dealing with that kind of weather? I can't even describe the stress that we we were all feeling, trying to anticipate what Mother Nature was going to throw at us next, and and that's all you can do. And and you know, we've got a lot of schedule constraints that we have to we have to uh, stick to with TV schedules, and 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 which is really the biggest thing that we have to adhere to is we have blocks of time that we have to stay within to be able to get these things on for our live races to get those those uh, those programs on, you know. And and I mean, we're sitting there looking at the radar and scratching our heads. It's like, what's going to do next? And then we'd start a race, and then we then the, the sky would just open up, and you know. And I mean, unfortunately, it it was uh we had a lot of a lot of crashes and a lot of uh, uh, stoppages due to the weather. But um, I mean, thankfully, no 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 serious injuries, but. It was one of those things like what what's going to happen next, you know. And and there was a collective deep breath once it was all over. With it's like, man, we got through that, and we were lucky up until this point. <laughs> you know, last race of the year is always going to be the the most exciting in one way or another. It seems. Yeah, there's always got to be one mutter. I think uh, throughout the year, and it's uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And doing that and keeping the riders safe, which ultimately you guys did a did a great job. Kudos to you guys uh, for pulling that off in the team. I mean, sure, you're going to have slide outs. You're going to have situations where that, you know, the weather's just going to overcome the tires. And luckily, like you said, nobody was seriously injured. You just had a, a, a relatively slow race rather than a than a dangerous race. Right. You know, we, we have to, we obviously, we listen to our competitors and, you know, we we're, we're getting input from them on, on track conditions and that sort of stuff. I mean, our rider rep, Michael Martin was down, you know, pounding the pavement, talking to riders, getting their input. And our safety officer, Dan Argano is, is, I mean, his, that's his job is safety. So he's first and foremost, he's, he's monitoring track conditions. And when he goes out and does his inspection is, you know, calls up to control and says, Hey, you know, we're going to have to wait. It's just, it's, the track is just not passable right now. And, and then, you know, everybody goes to work. The, the, the staff there at, at Barber Motorsport Park are incredible. The, 
the general manager there, a guy named Mark Witt, went out, rolled up his, pulled off his shoes and his socks, rolled up his pants legs to his knees, walked out into knee-deep water to clear a, uh, a clogged drain grate, personally did that to get us going again. And you just don't see that happen, you know, very often. A guy of his of his position out there doing that kind of work, but man, he he jumped in feet first, literally, and you know helped us get going again. Good to see everybody rolling up their sleeves and pulling off the event. And like I said, I I thought it was great the way you guys pulled through and uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. I see Moto America has put out their 2022 schedule, which is awesome, and it's great to see. And and I think probably the most noticed thing on the schedule is that Moto America is teaming up with. Uh, Daytona for the 200 next year in March. So are you going to be at that event? Is that something you're going to be involved in or? or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we, it, it, it's where we were, it's interesting. We were, we were talking about that, that, that also this weekend and that right now, I think there's only four of us that are currently on the Moto America staff that have actually been a part of running events at Daytona in, in the past. And myself, Dan Argano and a, and a, a couple of our other staff, I think I believe our starter and, and our, our pit out guy. And that's it. The rest are, this is going to be their first time going to Daytona run an event, but it'll come together great. But there's, there's so much nostalgia, you know, in history behind the Daytona 200. And it's really exciting to be able to go back to a, to a track that is one of my favorites, both as a rider and as an official, it was always one of my favorites. And it's going to be really cool to be able to, to go back and run the 200 there just the history, it just means so much to the sport that going back is going to be great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, th- I think it's a great coming together to do that. And uh, I see they've opened the rules up too for some of the bikes. They're basically going to use international rules on the displacement. So that's going to make things even more interesting and competitive on top yep. of, you know, the standard 200 rules. Right. There's going to be quite a quite an array of bikes that will be eligible for that for next year. And it's interesting to see how they're all going to match up and Motor America works very hard, and the, the FIM as well works very hard to try to balance things out to to keep things competitive to where you don't have one platform that runs away from from everything else. So they've done a really good job with that in Junior Cup, and you know, obviously in in the 600 class as well to keep things balanced. I mean, so it puts it more on rider talent and skill than just being able to build the pick the best motorcycle platform and then build it to the moon and then go out and win that way. So it, it keeps the riders the number one factor in, in what's going to win. And I think that's really important to the sport is is to center the competition on the rider's skills rather than just on the, the best equipment. Yeah, I hear what you're saying and, you know, keep keep it uh, more competitive that way. And I, I see also that uh, they just completed a test to validate the Harley-Davidson so they could run the King of the Baggers at that same weekend. Right, right. So that's going to be an interesting take to see the uh, – you know, 600-pound baggers going around that that banking. I just can't imagine. I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. That, that's uh, It's going to be something to see. And, that, and then, you know, that, that baggers class was has been a huge hit everywhere we've we've run it. It's brought in a lot of new fans to road racing, which is, which is you know, obviously what we need is to get, get more people either, you know, butts in the seats or, you know, people watching us on TV and that sort of stuff. But the, the baggers was a, is a home run uh, when the, the partners – when they came up with that, man, it's, I was like, I was scratching my head at first, but then to see the enthusiasm behind it, it's like, wow, that was a good move. A really good move. That is the name of the game, butts in the seats and kudos to Moto America for coming up with these ideas and stirring up the, the, the pot, as I like to say. Now you've done some work in the past. You've worked with the CMRA 
And uh, and I know they've still got events on their schedule. Are you still uh, locked in on that? I think Oklahoma's coming up next. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm actually driving back from Barber right now. I'm pulled over at a truck stop to talk to you guys, and and then uh, I'm heading on home, and then loading our transporter uh, tomorrow, and then heading to Oklahoma on Wednesday morning to set up for CMRA race this weekend. And as soon as I get back from that, I've got a I'm going straight to uh, Circuit of the Americas for uh, for MotoGP. That was actually one of my questions, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, how cool is that? I, and I know it's it's a working weekend for you, but to be at that venue to see that caliber of racing, that level of riders, I mean, that's going to be a stellar event to see. I'm thankful that it that it actually is going to happen because, I mean, it, it, just a, a month ago, there were a lot of question marks on that thing about whether or not they were, they were going to be able to get it done just because of all the different restrictions and, and that sort of stuff. And there's still going to be some restrictions. I mean, there's no paddock access for spectators and that sort of stuff this year. But, I mean, general admission to, to the facility is going to be open. It's not going to let anybody down into the paddock this year. But at least it's happening. At least it's happening. And, and I enjoy working that event. I've worked it every year since you know that they've had it it's it's been a lot of fun it's it's a lot of work i mean i basically do the same thing for moto gp and in race control that i do for moto america so again it's a lot of work but it is a there's a lot of prestige you know behind being chosen to to be a part of that team i'm looking forward to it that's awesome and that just shows that you know like you said before being a fan of the sport being able to work amongst the racers in the sport it's it's really rewarding i could imagine for somebody like yourself yeah, it definitely is. So with all that said, I mean, it seems like week in and week out, you're attending and working events and managing the just pretty much the the deluge of things that go on at a given weekend. You know, what do you do in your rare downtime, Walter? I know uh, <laughs> usually we talk about your racing duties, but what uh, what are your hobbies and what do you get to do when you finally get to take a breather? Well, you know, it's it's you know, racing is my hobby. And I was fortunate enough to turn something that I really enjoy into a into a, a, a way to make a living because CMRA is my full time job. That's my my actual nine to five, and then Moto America is my part time job. And then you know when I do have some downtime, I try to you know spend time with my wife and and my kids. And my wife and my kids also work for CMRA. And then my my, my two sons they both they both race with CMRA and you know in a couple of other series throughout the year. But spending time with the family, working on the boys' motorcycles, and then. And, and racing and that's my life in a nutshell well and that's rewarding in itself as i know i'm a i'm a racer father myself uh, when my kids were younger anyway that is a very satisfying thing to do and and get your kids involved and be a part of it and watch them succeed in the sport that you love yeah absolutely absolutely both of my boys are have done really well in, in road racing over the years and i'm really proud of their accomplishments and we're actually going i'm taking both of them to uh, daytona in october for uh the CCS Race Champions. They're going to go out and try their hand out there. It'll be their first time racing at Daytona, so we're looking forward to that. But yeah, I, I take a lot of pride in, in in their their accomplishments. I guess I'm living vicariously through them now because too old to race myself anymore. But I certainly enjoy working with them and helping them succeed. And that is cool. That's uh, very satisfying, and I know exactly where you're coming from. Well, Walter, our time is running out, and I just wanted to thank you for spending time with us today on Pit Pass Moto and. Uh, is there anybody you want to give a shout out to uh, that you work with, or anybody from the team? Well, just everybody. I mean, all the all the staff and the the, the officials, all the folks with the, the TV crews and all that sort of stuff. I mean, all of our volunteers and our corner workers. I mean, I, I truly, it's an honor to work with 
with all of them. It's certainly an honor to work with the partners, with the Crave Group, with Chuck and Wayne. I mean, it's 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 kind of a dream come true working for one of your heroes, you know, in Wayne Rainey. And and uh, it, it's it, it's I just want to tell them all thank you for you know all the hard work they put in, and and I've certainly enjoyed it. All right. Well, thank you, Walter, for taking the time and uh, take care on your drive back, man. Sure will. Thank you. My pleasure. We would like to thank Walter Walker for spending time with us today. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, what motorcycle model is the longest running model manufactured? Name the model, brand, and the year it was introduced. The answer is the Sportster from Harley-Davidson was introduced in 1957 and was continually manufactured through 2016 in various engine displacements, but fundamentally the same motorcycle. What a great motorcycle and a long run, and hats off to Harley-Davidson for manufacturing that that, uh, particular model. Upcoming racing, we've got World Superbike Round 10 at Juarez, Andalusia, Spain, September 24th through 26th. GNCC Racing Round 11 coming to Sunday Creek in Millfield, Ohio, September 25th and 26th. MotoGP at Circuit of America in Austin, Texas, October 3rd. MXGP of Germany Round 11 is October 3rd. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitbatsmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.